Hey guys, Larry Vincent here with just a quick announcement. Because we moved locations, we had to get new podcast equipment. And with any new podcast equipment, uh, there are some learning curves. And we definitely took some learning curves in this podcast. Uh, there is some audio issues uh, that we did not know of as we recorded, uh, but we tried to fix uh, post-edit. Um, obviously, I'm telling you this because we couldn't really fix it that well. Uh, but you can still hear our guest fairly well. Uh, in some places, she, uh, she is quiet. In other places, she might not be so quiet. Um, in some places, I am really loud. Big shocker there. I'm always loud. Uh, and, and in some cases, I may not be as loud. But uh, we fix these problems later on in the season. So please don't let this be a deterrent for you to listen to future episodes. The content is still what you would expect from the Coffee and Conversation podcast. And it is worth uh, the listen. So just wanted to make you aware that the audio issues uh, are known and are fixed. And we are excited about what the future holds for us. Uh, but with all that said, enjoy the podcast Here's the intro. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. All right. Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host, Larry Vincent, the owner of the podcast uh, with, my, with my host, Autumn Coffee. Hey, hey, guys. How now, are you? <laughs> now, listen, the reason why we're saying this is because your last name happens to be the title of this podcast. I named this podcast years ago oh, in my please. mind. I haven't been introduced, but may I energize? <laughs> <laughs> this is how this podcast because is going to go. <laughs> listen, Lawrence. <laughs> you guys, first of all, I walked in and I was here for like 30 minutes and finally I said, what is your name? And he said, Larry. And I thought he was kidding. And he said, no, really, that's, that's, Lawrence. That's going to make up a name. First off, <laughs> that's Why the kind of Larry. Be the one? I don't know. I don't. I mean, Larry's a nice name. Like mean it like that. I just, it just. I thought maybe you were pulling my leg. I wanted. You know, I've always wanted to be called Stefan. I would go with Stephen. that. Yeah, and you know, an accent. Yeah. yeah, that was always like you know, like uh, with Family Matters. You know, there was Urkel, and, and then there was yes, oh, yeah, Stefan. Stefan. Oh, it was. Yeah, Stephon. but I like Stefan. Okay. Yeah. Stefan. No. I mean, only yeah. Urkel could be Stefan. That's you could true. Either analyze that or just call you. <laughs> That's, that's, you know, I have multiple therapists in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, so really, though, I, it had to have been, and I'm going to guesstimate here, at least a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. Autumn was at my house, and she's like, I'm going to do a... No, it started with the dinner you were going to hold. This is true. So it that's was called a... Dinner with the Magoos, right? Totally off. Oh. Dinner with the Schmucks. <laughs> Dinner with the Schmucks. Okay, so did you ever see the movie Dinner with Schmucks? I've not. Okay, so it was a movie where they brought in all these people, but it was essentially you brought in somebody to make fun of. Like, everybody bought that person to the table and it, to make fun of them. But mine was the opposite. Mine was Dinner with the Schmucks reverse. I meet so many interesting people. And so I wanted to have a dinner, like, once a month, and I would bring... Everybody I knew would bring the most interesting person they know to this table and have dinner and just... It would just be a lot of interesting yeah. people. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You, you know, you could uh, you missed a really op- a golden opportunity to call this dinner with the scums uh, because oh, it's <laughs> schmucks sm- somewhat reversed. <laughs> but, you know, well, whatever. So th- somehow she was going to turn that into a podcast. Yes. And then she, I think you wanted me to co-host. I actually. did. And because we, we both meet a lot of interesting people. This is true. 
and she said, it'll be called Coffee Time. Or was it? Yeah, Coffee, coffee and co- Time. Coffee and conversation. conversation. Coffee break, Coffee yeah. So technically, Florence, <laughs> I, I really How many do. years ago was this? Um, years. It was years. No, 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 no. Let's put a timestamp on See, this, look, please. I'm bad at that. I will say a few months ago when it was a few years ago. So I don't know, but it was a ways back. Mm-hmm. This is the fifth season of my podcast. Is this fifth season mean fifth year? I'm not getting into timestamps. <laughs> <laughs> right what I'm now. saying, though, really, I think more importantly, is the fact that you two are sitting here today. This doing is a true. Together. It was yes. meant. It was. It really was. Actually, uh, you know, the way that Autumn and I met through a mutual friend and then finding out that we had very similar backgrounds and philosophies, mm-hmm. uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And then when she approached me about starting the podcast, you know, about uh, t- teaching her how to do a podcast, I was like, come on, yeah. let's just do a co host. Uh, and she's been she's been phenomenal. Yeah. So with that, uh, guys, the, the the third voice uh, <laughs> that you have heard is uh, a Mrs. Sally Kennedy, uh, who is a, a longtime friend. Can we just clarify, Miss? Miss, I apologize. No, I just want to make it really clear for any. <laughs> any, pro- any, any, uh, any suitors any prospects uh, can email <laughs> can email me this took a show. turn uh, a wrong I, turn <laughs> took a wrong turn on my way here this is true oh, okay we have to tell this story uh, this podcast was, is recorded uh, it's at what 11.30 right now 11.46 11.46 we were supposed to start at 10 a.m. I got here early. I was up early, dressed ready, left on time. Autumn was here early. Yeah. I left on time. And then and then we're waiting for Sally to get here, and she ends up on the east side of Indianapolis <laughs> because for some odd reason, she got wrong directions and was going to... She uh, was in Fortville. Fortville. Yeah. Fortville. Yeah. We're in Liston. where Autumn and I originally met. Which is crazy. Is it really? Yes. yes. I'm telling you. That's crazy. That's yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Well, I literally hit the map within the text message. Yeah. But it wasn't an, an app I don't use. So, anyways, it took. You know what? It was interesting though because it made me reflect a lot on growth because doing something like that, just being an hour away, you know, a year ago or a couple of years ago, would have probably sent me into a frenzy. Maybe you too. I don't mm. know. But mm-hmm. literally, it was so cool to be able to just say, "Hey." you know, totally, you know, on the wrong side of town and you guys just saying, yeah, well, go ahead and come, we'll order lunch. And because really the the unknown is where the juice is and where the pool is. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so being that. able to just flow yeah. with it. Well, man, the, the coveted Segway Award uh, goes <laughs> to Sally uh, because the unknown is where I'm starting today. Right, I I do not know you at all. This is right. really the first time we've met, and it, it almost sounds like we've been friends forever. Uh, the way we're talking with one another, uh, you know. And so, you know, as we kind of get started with the podcast, uh, with the actual topic of Hole in the Soul, copyright Autumn Coffee, two thousand and twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, can we do that? Is that like legal? Mm-hmm. Is that now like yeah, a I legal mean- copyright now? I feel like you can just throw out uh, universal <laughs> vocal copyrights now. So, yeah. yeah I mean, it's 2021. After the year yeah, we all had, pretty now. much, it's the Wild West now. It is. Yeah. So, since I don't really know you, and this is all about hole in the soul, yeah. uh, why don't we start with a quick introduction of who you are and, and, and maybe how that hole in your soul first formed? 
If that's a if that's a if that's an accurate question, is that an accurate question? I don't know. I mean, it's your question. You can ask whatever you want. Oh well, there it is. <laughs> when did you really first know. feel the hole in your soul? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so the first question was really just an introduction in, in yeah. Hyman and Sally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, usually people introduce themselves and they tell a story, right? And it's so funny because. Um, it's just a lot of chapters have been written. I really am, and I really am living fully in the unknown. I don't know what that story looks like. So, to to tell the story almost sounds like um, <clears throat> you know you you hit a button and replay something, right? Yeah. Like you repeat, and a lot of times you repeat. Well, I was born, and then you 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 have some kids, and then you typically say right so, something horrific or bad or some type of trauma that happened to you, and then yeah. this and this. And I think the only reason I say that, and I'm not being vague about my own story, is it's just that we all have, like, we all kind of have that, we've all kind of gone through that. Sure. Right? We all are, 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 you know, these beams of light, and then, you know, they put us in a body, and then we are um, constantly trying to navigate through this physical life the best way we can. And I think based on our upbringing and cultural and, you know, different traumas we you know get further and further away from our true selves yeah um so i mean i i would say i'm gonna get i i I don't know you well larry i I know autumn but i'm gonna guess for a lot of who i'm guessing your viewer viewers listeners are excuse me they're with you guys for a reason they gravitate to you for a reason and likely most of those people are going to say right we we went through something very early, you know, we were, we've been traumatized for a long time or we had something happen to us or, or we don't even know what happened to us. But a lot of times when it happens so young, like you really are the brightest lights. Like a lot of times they say, right, those people like Autumn, you said something on Instagram recently where you're like, I, when I see a successful person or somebody like, you know, just doing amazing things, like I want to know what their story was Mm. because we know that people that experience such joy typically have had to uh, dig through the darkness yeah and, and that's what I've been doing for a while now right is <clears throat> um, integrating the, those pieces I remember I actually worked with uh, you talked about therapy last time and I worked with a woman who I would call her an integration specialist and I remember one time I mean I have been just right like working through every trigger that came up and, and, you know, going within and, I mean, it was leaving me on the floor in my garage just, you know, unable to, I mean, just, and and this is a good thing, right? It's a beautiful thing, but it's not a pretty thing. No, it's struggle, (laughs) right? And and we always, we always grow through struggle. I love struggle. I hate going through it, but I love the results of it. Well, I asked her one time, I remember saying, is this the only life? (laughs) <laughs> really, uh, and she, she I remember her response was I know of no other way yeah and I don't either so my only my you know I only know to go through it in order to to realize that there is no hole in your soul you are whole um, but but clearing through all those entanglements that you've picked up along the way yeah so what would you consider a couple of your entanglements That's a really good question. Um, what, <clears throat> thinking back to to 
when I was when I was really really young. And you hear me pause because um, one of the things on the way here I kept saying to myself was, no matter what you say, be true to yourself. Yes. And. <clears throat> And I think that's just that topic alone, being true to yourself, um, can be its own entanglement, if you will. And what's interesting, though, is being true to yourself almost sounds like an enigma, right? What does that mean? You don't even, like, if I don't know who I am, I have this whole, I don't, I can't even, like, who, how can I be true to myself? And so, I think, going through that process to understand, like, what your anchor is and getting firmly grounded, um... I, I don't feel like I ever had that, right? Yeah. So I don't feel like I could ever really fully stand up. I couldn't sit here and answer questions because they didn't know who I was. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, no, right. completely. Yeah. But, um, and and that, <clears throat> I think that's just the nature of really young, right? Disconnecting my mind and body because it was just too hard. Yeah. So 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 now trying to integrate all of that. Yeah. So 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 what you're, what I'm hearing. Is that you have this, um, you you had this identity issue uh, growing up, uh, you know? Why do you think that was? I mean, you know, like I have six kids, right? Uh, and you know, my teenagers right now are going through that stage that all teenagers go through, yeah. uh, figuring out who they are, what they want right. to do, and things like that. And you know, and it's funny because, like, as a teenager, uh, when I was a teenager, all of them years ago. Uh, I remember that I had such a difficult time figuring out who I was because of all the stuff that was going on in my life, the, the addiction, the abuse, the, you know, everything. And it wasn't until really a couple years ago that I started figuring all this stuff out, you know. And so I, I, find, it, I find it strange that kids who grow up in a somewhat stable normal <laughs> well none of my kids would ever call what they grow up in, in as normal right uh, <laughs> but but at least stable right uh you know they have they, they, there's love there's mm-hmm. appreciation there's you know yada 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 uh, and, and so would 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 you think that your um propensity to say that your identity struggle was because of an instability in your life growing up yeah, no, I think it's a great question, and, and I think if anybody can point their finger at something and say, this is the way I am, why I am the way I am, yeah. then I would say, I'd challenge yourself to go even deeper. Right? Yeah. If you think you know, you probably don't. Yeah. So I can tell you why, <clears throat> um, you know, I think I kind of ended up the way I did, but, I, you know, I really don't know because there's so much, right, right, our parents did what they could based on what they knew, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that came from other folks, and then they were all influenced by their own culture. Yeah. So they they did what they could with me, and when we inflict trauma on our kids, I said that really fast. So let me say that again clearly. When we inflict trauma on our children, because we all do. Right? Yes. Right. It's it's certainly it's sometimes it's intentional. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and and sometimes it's absolutely not intentional. And I I tell a story if you don't mind really quickly. Oh, by all means. Just to clarify, trauma. <clears throat> um, if if a, you know a mom is is at the park with her let's say two and a half year old and the, the little kid is running and the mom is running and they're both having fun and the mom, you know, up ahead sees danger, means water or, or I don't know, something scary. And, you know, here's the, the mom and the kid having fun. The kid is just, you know, having the, the most joyous time ever and the mom yells, the kid doesn't hear. So then the mom grabs the kid and then 
completely. You know, the kid's like, I was just having fun and screaming, crying, and and can jolt that child. Yeah. And so it, it's a traumatic event, right, in the moment. And some of us hang on to certain traumas. Some of us don't. Um, but I only say that to clarify. When I speak of trauma in my childhood, a lot of times family members have a hard time hearing it. But just know that we are all going to traumatize our right. children in oh, some yeah. way. What we what we try to do is also just foster, you know, whatever we can um, as we see them come into themselves, right? Yeah. As we see them, you know, doing your, you know, playing with whatever's make believe to us, but you know, may not be to them. So so fostering that, and I think I and and. And you guys and a lot of people come in these very bright, brilliant lights, and people don't know what they have to do with us, especially our parents. Sure. Right. Sure. I mean, I was my my room was just like a pit and a mess, but to me, I was creating things. And you know, my parents are like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna do with this child?" Right. I may so say that to my teenage daughter every yeah. now and then. She's <laughs> creating. Yes. Right, right. Right. But well, when you said you know, yeah. like even just being on this podcast, right, with my best friend, like, that is a little girl dream. Picture at the at the top of your bunk beds as little girls, and we got all our stuffed animals down there, like, hear ye, hear ye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, you know, sharing with people today. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, just just not, not being, um, not being able to nurture that little girl when I was growing up yes. and not knowing what to do with her um, really hurt, you know, set me down different paths and I think sent me down that path of survival. Well, we'll just do what they they want. Right. Or, and, and that means cultural in general, right? Mm. Teachers and coaches and right. all that. Like, I'll, I'll just do what they want me to do. And I was smart enough in a lot of ways because I could read people and feel their energy, not necessarily book smart like everybody wanted me to be or thought I was. So I could, could you know, mold and morph, right? But yeah. as I was molding and morphing, I was literally just pulling myself further and further away from yeah. the, that little girl. Yeah. You know, you said something there that was really interesting um, uh, about, you know, the uh, everyone, uh, you know, every parent uh, you know, puts trauma on their kids. And I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I wonder, though... The only pushback I'm, I'm I'm thinking of in my head right now, and, and is that I think the difference is what do we what do we as parents do as a result of inflicting trauma trauma on our kids, right? Um, a lot a lot of I think you know like the uh, the uh, unstable families, the dysfunctional families, whatever word you want to use, um, you know, uh, they just leave it. Absolutely, they leave it, uh, and yet the stable ones say, okay. Let me own my crap here, uh, and and let me just say I'm sorry. Let me explain to you, or let me explain to you why it is I did the thing that I did that caused you so much pain. Yeah, I would say that open communication is something that the dysfunctional households. I would. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Larry, you just give me chills because when I when I think about, do you have daughters? I have three sons and three daughters. Well, well, just I mean, for all of them. I was just thinking, as a, as a little girl in general, to hear to hear her dad, right, own that feeling and emotion, and to that one, that piece is big. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. I think, in in my mind, um, yeah, to, to recognize 
where you could have inflicted trauma and to give them a safe spot to land and let them show all their emotions and, and to own yours. Yeah. yeah, so is that something then that, that you are missing or in your own life? And, you know, and the only reason I'm trying to dig into this is because we have, a, you know, our listeners who are like, you know, just trying to figure out where you're coming from as you say these things. Because I think what you're saying is really good. Uh, it's just, I think, a matter of, you know, what has caused this in you? Like, I'm intrigued by you right now, right? And this was supposed to be Autumn taking over today and, like, talking more. But we all knew that was not going to happen. Not <laughs> I always used to say the Lord blessed you with my mouth, not my hands for a reason. Uh, yeah, so... so you hear i think the the um and, and this is just to be in full full transparency yeah. the the problem i'm having right now is thinking just what you said on the last episode when larry asked you like why didn't you do this or that and you said i i i was worried about what people would think of me i'm not worried about what anyone thinks of me what i what i my initial response was what about my family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And so um, that's why I think I wanted to preface it by saying that that parents don't know, right? Yeah. When they are inflicting trauma, and they do what they can based on what they learn. Yeah. Right? So you're but speaking from understanding. I'm you're... speaking from understanding. And yeah. Understanding, and I also right because I had to get that, to that place of empathy with my own family. Sure. Be in order to 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 completely heal. Um, because there was a time where I was around my my family and it was very triggering because I was just kind of starting to come into the recognition of like the familial trauma and, and those types of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I totally didn't have any of that modeled. I didn't yeah. understand any of that. I didn't, um, I, I was a, when I say bright light, like that, that was just a like little flutter bug and, you know, love and peace and wanted to create um, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a real safe environment to sure. do that. It wasn't fostered. I spent a lot of time kind of alone, um, most of the time alone in imagination and, uh, you know, would sleep in the tent in my yard and dream and climb up into the attic, uh, by myself. And yeah, it, it spent a lot of time just trying to feel safe and like I mm. could express myself. You know, it's it's funny because like I'm picturing this uh, this little girl, um, you know, that is dreaming huge, thinking of this big picture, right? And then the world comes just crashing down on you and tells you, you can't do this. Right. You have to do this smaller thing that fits within the scope of exactly. our parameters. Right, uh, and and I know that that happened to you as I'm hearing your story, as I'm hearing you talk. Um, you know, what was that like for you when when that world came crashing down and reality tried to put you into parameters? Well, I well I succumbed. Yeah, I succumbed to it. Um, right, uh, and it, and I think that at a fairly early age, because. I keep saying this because I feel like some, somehow somebody will identify with the fact that I was so bright that I literally disconnected. Like yeah. I disconnected from my body so early on to, to just kind of, you know, flutter around just, just so that you can survive being somebody that you completely are not. And, and when you are, are disconnected that far from yourself, it is a suffering. It is a way it of is. living that is a suffering. So I want to bring up... Um, you survivor is what I said earlier whenever I thought about your story and 
you um, had Jordan early, um, so you were in survival mode, kind of recreating um, maybe a family dynamic and that where you still were not yourself. Um, and then moving on and you had Kagan and the trauma with that and that relationship with his father and then surviving again because here you are the single parent. Um, there comes a point in time somewhere where you say enough. Yeah, you, you'd think it's, it'd be that black and white, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think, there, I think there's a breakdown, certainly. Yes. It, it, yeah, I think there's a breakdown, certainly. But um, in what Autumn's talking about when she says, you know, I have my daughter, yeah, I was 17 years old, and then I have a, a son who now is 18 years old, and um, he's autistic, and his father uh, hasn't seen him in a few years, so he's not involved. So I think what she's saying, and, I, and tell, I'm, I'm saying this because tell me if I'm wrong here, but what you're saying is I was in a survival mode, not like thriving and living a joyous life. Yes, you were not living for yourself as yourself during right. those times. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, and you know, there was a part of me, right, Larry was asking her, like, when, when, like, where have you been and how did you know? And there's a part of you that's, it's very painful, it was very painful for me because there was a part of me that always knew there was more. Mm. I always knew and I always dreamed like those dreams of like what I was creating as a child that would make me feel that euphoric alive. Mm. I always knew there was more, but I had no idea how to get back there. Mm. I did not know. And, and in, within a one year time, there was a one year time where I basically went through the gamut of what are all the modalities that I could use to get there, to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that was drugs or alcohol, whether that was meditating for hours on time, whether that was on a mountaintop in Costa Rica doing ayahuasca, whether it was, then, and then um, going to a psychiatrist and saying, prescribe me something. Every single one of those things I did fast track within a year. You know, maybe had done different things throughout my life, right. but I'm just saying when it came to that time where it was like, what you're getting at, which was like, when was there like a switch flipped? It wasn't necessarily that, but there was a, there was like a, a it was a progression. There was a quickening, what, right? Feel. What what caused that desire? Because you know, that phenomenon sounds like we, because I think we all get to this point. At least those of us yeah. who um, try to rebuild and reconnect to. Um, yeah, as I say in my vocabulary, who God wants us to be, right? You know, and and, and you know, there there it seems like there's this like this with cry from within, mm. like this depth within that just says, "I need to change." Yeah. Where what what caused that switch to flip for you? Well, I think it was it was uh, the duality of the life I was living was so strong. It was it was getting almost impossible, right? It was the the. The little girl, the the soul, the sovereign being within, completely misaligned, almost mm. the antithesis of a life that I was living, and it became so um, basically um, uncomfortable. You know, I mean, I you couldn't, you I couldn't do it. I technically, when it got to the end, when I you know ended up um, back in September, just quitting my job in corporate America after the, a, the company I'd been at for. Years, um, I literally could not do that anymore. I would. Kagan was, you know, my son was up all night. Um, I was, you know, up all night as a result of him being up all night, and just could, literally could not keep it up. But also, 
couldn't keep up um, giving all my time and energy to something that was not aligned with myself. This was right? last September? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So this is a, a new journey for you almost. Yeah, it's brand Yeah, it, it is really new. But, but when, when I let that go, um, and then subsequently let my son's school go, let my son's therapy go, let everything yeah. that was supporting, when I let all of that go, right, um, then I had the energy to, to, to make that change, to decide, like, okay, what do, what, what do I want to do with my, and also how can I even, how can I even get, connect, fully connected, because a lot of that time after I left my job was spent on my garage floor, letting this shit just rush over yeah. me and feel it all and face it all. When you say let go, what do you mean by that? Well, let go. So, so you know, picture you. So you've got in, in terms of energy that I was spending. I've got my my job. I've got getting my son to school every day, managing his therapies. That alone is like eighty hours a week. Okay. So then, um, so so all of those things and keeping the picture uh, a really old computer, you know, and all of those big things that I was doing being apps that are literally sucking my battery dry, right? Or sucking my body dry. Right, it's like right, the right. battery dry. The computer is hot. So I literally shut them all, right? Shut them all. Shut them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The computer is still hot and running and I literally just needed to just stop and had just let go of everything. So all of the things that was, all the things that were using any of my energy. Yeah. Um, and just let things settle. How did that impact your son? those around you, you know, your relationships? Um, to, I think the most important thing to say in the beginning is that um, I couldn't care about that a lot. I couldn't let myself care about that a lot. I really yeah, I get that. make sure I was focused within. Yeah. Um, I don't have family close. My daughter, um, you know, t- she's 28. She's on her own and takes care of herself. The therapist just stopped coming. The teachers I just stopped talking to. The job I just quit. So as far as my impact on other people, um, aside from myself and my son, right? You know, it, I'm sure yeah. it was minimal. Um, yeah. But my son and I, I will say, he has gone through this with me. Right. It is not, and he's part of my totality. So he's oh, certainly course. reflecting back on me. He's also triggered me in certain ways where places, you know, I need to, to go. So it's it's definitely yeah. like we are working together as a team through this. Well, I think one of the things that we often forget is that our own crap impacts so many people, mm-hmm. right? And, and how uh, even as we are, you know, getting back to what we should have been all along still impacts a lot of people. You know, um, Heather, my wife, um, you know, Heather and I have been married now almost 18 years and she's walked through this whole PTSD journey with me from my military service. And, you know, and just to see how untreated, when, when I left my PTSD, PTSD, let's try that again, PTSD untreated, uh, how that impacted her, um, you know, and, and, and how it impacts my kids, you know. Uh, and the unfairness of it all, because it's my deal, not theirs. I see right? what you're saying. You know, I think I when I answered your question, I was thinking more about um, you know quitting my job and the yeah. stop coming. And when I and, and you know my daughter not being close, so, so right. more in my home. But when when we talk about uncovering, um, especially trauma, right? So family trauma. Um, when we talk about that, it, 
that alone, even bringing that term up, try bringing that up at Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See if, right? Yeah, right. Because I think that's why, again, I prefaced it with, like, we all go hear this. It's right. It's not, like, a, a point at one family or another. But I sum up some of them certainly more than others. But, um, but yeah, there's been some, there has been um, some really hard conversations. Um, I, you know, was screaming and crying one night, and my parents drove up. They had been up in, you know, at my house for two weeks from Florida, screaming, crying one night, and it, it pains me to even say it, but I made them leave in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was so triggering, and they couldn't understand it, and it was just so hard to be around them. I finally just had to say, go, just yeah. go. And it, the integration um, specialist that I work with, I remember her, her telling me, like, she can see it when my family's in town, just mm-hmm. in the way that I now, my nervous system is in a different place now, so so it's a little bit different. But in, in the beginning, yeah, it was just, um, especially not having uncovered a lot of those triggers was was painful. Something that you said earlier, and it whenever you look at, um, I would say we're kind of extreme personalities. I think people in yeah, general, right? People in general going. What makes you extreme? <laughs> <laughs> People in general go through this process throughout life as it comes. And I think people like you and I put it off and then it almost has to be an all or nothing because I remember during our podcast, me and you are so similar because I felt the same way. Like I had anxiety and somebody said, you didn't have anxiety because you had anxiety. You had anxiety because you were surrounded by people that were not aligning with like who you are and you were out at bars and you're not that person. And, um, you know, after I went to treatment and I came back, I was like, burn it to the ground. Like, uh, we sold the house. We, um, he quit the job. It was like, we are the people that can't do piecemeal. We just want to throw it out the window and start from scratch. And so I think we both after doing that, have come to rebuilding now now we're going to add all the stuff that we want in our life and I was talking to my therapist and he said what do you like this was when I was in Texas what do you like to do what do you enjoy and I I was like I don't I don't know I whenever I was in high school I really liked to play basketball well, yeah you just closed all your apps you need to chill and let it like and so, I, I like that you gotta close, you gotta close all the apps man and I mean, so, that's, uh, and yeah. so it's like you 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 really do you you have once that happens right once we all go through that and we get our nervous system settled so it's almost like it's almost like we were swimming in the ocean then the ocean drained mm-hmm. and then you start walking on the bottom and you're like oh I was always supposed to walk I can walk I can. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but, but yeah, like finding those things that light you up is what you're talking about. Well, and just like this, there was always pieces of stuff like that. You know, those little ideas or that thoughts that you would have. And we would talk about years ago that we would maybe never have, oh, I can't do that. Or I don't have the energy or time yeah. or, um, I would fear ruled me. And so, um, now it's all the stuff that I'm scared to do, I always say yes. You know, I, I like the extreme thing because you're, you're talking about, you know, like, okay, when, when we find something new, we're either all in mm. or we're all, we're all out. Right. right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that has its problems as well. For you sure. You know, uh, I remember when, you know, as I was going through therapy and I'm still going through therapy, when I was first going through therapy. This is life, it's just therapy. We 
just do therapy. Like, yeah, like, and, and by the way, if, if you, listeners, if you don't realize that we are pro-therapy here. Therapy, therapy, <laughs> therapy. I mean, we are very much pro-mental health. Yes. Um, I mean, this is therapy, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah this is, and this is one of the reasons why I started the podcast. Mm. My podcast. Okay. Um, one of the reasons why I started my podcast <laughs> was because everybody has stories and it's so therapeutic just to talk yes. about stories and just share stories, right? All that to say, you know, you, you mentioned how, like, you know, you guys are talking about how, you know, you're finding hobbies that just fulfill yourself. Mm. You know, I was doing hobbies uh, that, that helped me connect with other people for the sake of other people. And so I had to just deconstruct everything. Uh, no hobbies, nothing, and say, okay, what what brings me joy? What brings me happiness? Not that I live life just for myself. I, don't, I want to talk about that here in a moment. But uh, one of those things that I need to do, you know, that that shows self care. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and and what do I? What should I get rid of that I did just to make somebody else happy? Ooh, yeah, I like to call that. Um, you know the. Even if it's going to Christmas, like I yeah. no longer feel obligated to do things that I don't want to do, and yeah. that is like a little bit extreme because there are, of course, things that I do that extreme. I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, this is true. But um, you know, I'm I'm not guilted into doing things yeah. anymore. Go ahead. I was gonna say, um, you know, I I want you to talk about the car wash because that I feel like that just has to be brought up. Well, that was a segue. That yeah. was, well, you know what, it's squirrel. Oh. And and so, you well, know, you you got that when he said... Uh, stuff that fulfills your soul. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the car wash. Back, let, me, let me finish one thought that I was just having when you guys were talking. Yeah. I mean, you were, there, there's an there's a integrity um, check of sorts that you're talking about when you talk about... Um, doing things that I don't want to do or doing things that other people, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing, I think, when we think of, like, being selfless, right? We think of somebody that does something for other people, and and that's who I think we've all been. Or I know I've been that person, and maybe, you know, other folks have too. You're selfless, you're doing things for other people, Um, and and you are exhausted. But also, when you're doing things, and especially, but you don't know this, right? Because you're not, you're not really rooted and grounded who you and who you are so you don't really even know am i doing this for them am i doing this for me right and so once you go through that process where you do feel um you feel like a sovereign being you feel whole you feel those things it is real easy to check to see if something's uh, i call it an integrity check is is that the best for me or is that is that you know does it feel you can literally and I've had this conversation with with somebody I can almost physically feel feel if I'm and you may call it the Holy Spirit um I would venture to say but um led feel that you know this is something that I'm supposed to do or this is something that I'm not supposed to do you know and it actually brings up a really good question because it's the idea of others too because you know my faith my faith system says that I need to exist for the other, but not not at the uh, expense, total expense of myself, right? So we believe that love others as you love yourself, right? Uh, that's you know that's that's a verse in the Bible, um, and so I have to love, I have to allow God's love to hit me before I try to fill somebody else up, right? You know what I mean? Um, and and so there's this idea of yeah, I need to do things for me, I need to do things for me, but that can become very self-centering. Right, uh, and, and and so where's the balance? 
So, so for me, um, the way that I've I've found um, my footing in that, right? Yeah. Is and you see me closing my eyes because I feel into these things a lot. Yeah. So when I am when I am aligned, when I'm on my the frequency that I need to be on that feels good, that means that I do not have a hole in my soul. <laughs> Um, and that I'm aligned with myself and I'm aligned with, or I'm, I'm aligned with the correct frequency, right? That vibration of love, of pure love. Mm -hmm. That's all I need to do. Yeah. Because from there, everything else happens. I'm naturally going to give. I'm naturally going to support. I'm naturally going to do those things when I'm in that space. Um, so... So I don't know if that answers. Like, hey, no, question, it does because you know. Look, I, I'm I have a pastoral mind, right? This is mm -hmm. just how God has made me, and so I hear you say that, and I hear and, and what I, how I interpret that it, through my filter is, if I um, if, if I am feeling wholeness from from God, right? Then I can if I'm feeling God's love, then I can better love others. You know, it's just a natural component. At the right. end of the day, I would sum that up to say I am love. Yeah, right. And, and uh, you know, yeah, and I get what you're saying there, right? And and I think there's probably some differences in philosophy there just a little bit because, you know, uh, me trying to be like Christ, you know, mm -hmm. uh, is to be love. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you in that sense that, yeah, I, I need to be love as much as I am receiving love. Uh, from the one who is love, if that if that makes sense, that should be that. a rap song. That makes, <laughs> that makes sense, but it's also something that I will tell you that um, I am aspiring to yeah. to do and to be, and especially the receiving. Yeah, um, that is not something that uh, naturally, intuitive, organically came to me. Amen. Right there with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so because a lot of us, right, we're like, I have these dreams. I want to do this. I, great. What, what are you going to do when you have it? Yep. Like, can you hold it? Can you hold that kind of power? Because yep. it, it is it is something that you have to have a solid nervous system and to have worked through some traumas to be able to hold on to. Yeah, and I think uh, we have these. wield. <laughs> yeah, I think we have these false uh, visions of what, what a, uh, you know, a completely holistic life looks like. Right. And when we hit that, you know, it's not ever what we wanted. You know, I am not where I thought I was going to be when I got into ministry. You know, like I, you know, I, I, this is going to sound so selfish. I thought I was going to be a mega church pastor. You know, a mega church a pastor. Mega church, would you see me as a mega church pastor? I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I thought I saw myself as a mega church pastor and as a as a guy who had influence all over the country. Well, that, at the end know. of the day, that's what we all want is to feel loved. Yeah. And so, you know, the mega church pastor. Did you want you wanted to? You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's, you know, every pastor will tell you that is the wrong reason to get into ministry, well, right? yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's this, there's this idea that the less that I become, the more I realize who I am. Yes. Right? And that's really what is, there's a verse in the Bible that says, I must become less, he must become more. I must yeah. increase, or I must decrease, he must increase, right? Um, and, you know, and when I, when I submit myself more to this process of love, I figure out who I actually am. And that's what I've been doing over these last couple of years and finding that, that journey. I, I can identify with, with that a bit, especially um, just that need, that want to be seen, right? And that's, yeah. that's um, like any time, any kind of like discourse I feel, right? It typically is this 
when I, I keep saying the little girl, it's typically is that young little girl in me saying, look at, you know, I, I want to be seen. And the thing is, is that we're grown ass women now, right? I'm looking at Autumn, not either, but we are grown. We can. Do I am this. not a grown, <laughs> grown woman. But but I but yeah, I, I make a differentiation yeah. to myself, right? Because when I'm feeling kind of like out of sorts or like I want to do like this, and it, it is that little girl when I when I stand up and I like own you know feel into myself as a woman, it's like we I can do this, and I do see myself. And yeah. Okay, so what is it that you want? Well, and what you said about letting go, um, and this has kind of been a topic of the conversation, yeah. how much letting go of, you know, what you thought you were supposed to be, an idea in your head, or, you know, all these things that I had in my brain that I wanted to do, these internal desires, once I let go, I am sitting at coffee and conversation. I am, all these things are coming to me without me having to chase and grab them. Yes. Isn't that wild? It, Isn't it wild? Because it, it, I was thinking about the same thing. I was thinking that my, this dream I have a Project Home Life, which mm. was basically just a, a place away for my son and I, that my son has autism, and I to have a, a space where we can live, work, uh, you know, the community is surrounding us, and life isn't so hard. I'm not over here going America for 60 hours and him going to school and manage those therapies. However, I'm living in a, in a flowing, um, loving environment where he's constantly exposed to opportunities, right? Yeah. So he's growing, but but it's, life's just easier. And that's, <laughs> segue here, mm -hmm. that's where the car wash came from, mm -hmm. right? So I quit my job and, um, you know, what are we going to do? It was during, co you know, times really COVID had nothing to do with it, right? What else was I going to do, right? I'm at home now with my son. And what do we do? And so we, we started this car wash in the front yard, and it was just basically a way to bring people over, right? And you lemonade standed life? She did. I love that. And I decorated. Because I love it. I feel like Lucy with the little psychi the psychiatrist. It was the same thing. thing. And, it, you know, every day I love that story where you, you could create. And so you yeah. would, like, almost make a backdrop and bring out art and have a place where the people could just sit and wait for their car to get washed. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And Kagan helped. Yeah, but it was so, – so think about this, right? So I'm, I'm – grounded right and barefoot in the yard in the sunshine yeah in my vitamin d and uh, decorating the tent bringing you know rugs out and, and that's kind of where i got the idea of sovereign design which mm -hmm. that's kind of just one of the things i'm doing on the side now but but it was part of my healing process that's right? awesome yeah um, and i think we all we all struggle sometimes with how like creating those opportunities for ourselves right? yeah finding a car wash to do those yeah. types of things and, and but it happens like you're saying things happen they come to you like a bar a healthy bar a healthy bar <laughs> like a healthy bar yeah. yeah like a healthy bar where i can hang out and i can get to meet people and build relationships and, and help the community good. and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, you know, you say, you know, COVID didn't, I think COVID really did cause us all to slow down enough mm. to look at ourselves and see what we liked and what we didn't like. It did. I will tell you that the reason I said that, Larry, was because when, so in my life, um, my son doesn't, it's really hard to get him to leave the house. Yeah. Just sensory issues and, and it's, it was hard for people to come over. Yeah. Um, Autumn, I mean, Autumn just in her family trying to come over. 
retarded. She's, you know, one of my best friends. Yeah. He would have meltdowns. And so I lived a fairly isolated life. So to me, that didn't feel a whole lot different. Yeah. It, in fact, it almost felt like, oh, like everyone else know. Yeah, you yeah. guys get this. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, it wasn't, and I don't mean not to sound trite. I just, I'm just saying, like, we were already there. Right. In fact, we probably were connected with more people during that whole shot. You know, when when people were scared to leave their homes, we were probably more connected than we ever had had been just because we had outside car washes. I mean, it's just so awesome. I love the imagery. I love the imagery there. Um, look, as we kind of you know finish up our our, our time because. Uh, we've been here for better part of almost an hour, close to, which is, I love, this thing I love about this podcast is that <laughs> it feels like we've been here 10 minutes. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I want you to imagine yourself in front of somebody who is struggling filling that hole, okay? Um, and they're coming to you for advice because they see your strength, they see what you've been through, you know, um, they know who you are. And they're like, okay, what's the one thing I need to do? What do you What do you say to that person? Um, the the, on, the only thing I know, yeah, right. And the only thing I know is it's all within. And I, I don't mean that to sound like. And, and let me tell you something. When I hear, sorry, side note here, and I know we need to get off the. You're fine. But when you hear a spiritual guru say it's all within, and you don't want to smack them, <laughs> I, I can't imagine. But yeah. when I say that, what, I, what I'm saying is the pain yeah. and the suffering and the memories. All of it is inside of you. It truly is. Therefore, yeah. Yeah. Right, we, can change, we can change all of that. And so just be patient with yourself and you know, ask for guidance. Ask for guidance to, um, to, to become whole again, to become sovereign. Yeah. Because we all, we all, there isn't anybody that is put on this earth. I don't believe, you know, some of us, you know, whether you believe it or not, that, you know, before this incarnation may have chosen something. You know, maybe. Um, but I don't think anyone was in, intended for a life of suffering. And there's joy for every single person available. You aren't meant to live that way. There is a way out for every single person. I completely agree with the fact that we were all created um, for a life of not suffering, right? I don't think that's part of what we were designed to be. You know, it's funny that you, you, know, you, you say that because I agree with you on the whole, like there is something that within that we need to change and, and connect with. I also think, though, that there's this, um, this connection without. Uh, you know, I believe that we're all connected, right? And because we're all connected, because, you know, we're all created, that we all have this... Um, this need to be relational, right? And that's that our wholeness comes not from just ourselves, but ourselves and others. Sure. You know, uh, and and I think that that's huge. One again, once again, that's why we came up with this podcast in the first place. We did you hear? We we <gasps> heard this it. season. <laughs> this season, we came up with this season of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Trat. <laughs> I will edit this out. <laughs> I'm a witness. I, I think that the, the the point that you just made yeah. was is probably one that is saving my life at this point, yeah. right? Because, um, especially living with a fairly nonverbal child, right? You can you can feel alone and get into some dark times. Yes. Um, knowing now letting and that still happens sometimes and it's an experience and it runs through me and there's good days and there's 
hard days, but reconnecting from this place where I'm at now with mm-hmm. people is a totally different level. And we're able to have conversations like this. Yeah. Um, and and I think finding those people that you can have those conversations with yes. um, is important. It is important for, for everyone, not necessarily, you know, people that are going through X, Y, or Z, but just to live and, and love one another. Yeah. So succinctly, we could say search within, but well, don't search within by yourself. I think what we're finding is the hole in the soul for everyone is connection. Mm-hmm. I think I said that last time. Yeah, yeah, it is what you said last time, yeah. Yeah, and and I would say I would say there's a fair amount of it. You you have to do that inner work alone, right? You know that, right? You don't want to take your family, you can't take them through it, right? Right. There but but staying connected to other people so that you aren't alone. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to do some self-work and, and, and maybe a therapist uh, along the way. Mental health therapist? matters. Yeah. Yeah. Did we say everybody, therapist? Everybody drink your water. water <laughs> we're going to have this weird non-alcoholic drinking game now. <laughs> Every time they mention the word therapy. I got to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it, you know, like the first time I actually got into really good therapy right the the my my psychiatrist told me that uh larry you have your life is like a large lake and you're gonna learn you're gonna dive in but you're not gonna have the lung capacity to go that deep we're gonna teach you how to have better lung capacity so that you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know uh and that's what we did uh yeah. you know and it's just been this this deep dive of stuff ever since and it's been so good right but I, if I would have gone on that journey without connected to anybody else, uh, you know, um, I mean, I've, I've been suicidal. I, I know where this would have ended. I um, wonder if there is a part, because I will tell you this, is that I had a long stint with therapists, but you want to know what's really interesting? People lie to therapists. People what? Lie to therapists. Really? Yes. I, I have never so, lied to a therapist. So, so I, I hope was so ashamed and guilty and felt so guilty about certain yeah. things in my life. Yeah. Looking back, I would note that I would totally bullshit a therapist sometimes. Why? I don't know. And I think there was there. A you weren't ready thing. to be honest yeah. with yourself, probably. Right, right. right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, be honest with your therapist. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> All right. Now, we have a tradition here. We have a tradition here on the podcast. On the first episode? No, uh, this, this is, is not the second the first. episode. Oh, first second. off, sorry, and sorry, sorry, it's sorry. the fifth season. <laughs> God, we already been over this. Oh, I thought it just started with autumn. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> All right. Um, so you used to do it at the beginning. We used to do it at the beginning, but then we forgot because we got so into the conversation last, last week. Time. So now it's at the end. Now it's at the end. Now it's called the last drink, the last sip, and so we're just going to pass around. The good old French press. Oh, and this has been brewing a while. This, oh. Yeah, because uh, because Sally was supposed to be here at ten, <laughs> and she got here at eleven thirty. <laughs> Autumn sent me on a journey. Yeah, so I right. always do. The hole in the soul today was bad directions, uh, and, and so as always, as we always say, uh, our unofficial sponsor, which I really got to talk to them about officially sponsoring this podcast. Their coffee's amazing. Uh, Hoosier Warrior Coffee. And I just saw they're, they are coming out with a... Um, Irish blend. Yes. yes. So, yeah, we might as well do it. Uh, the Irish One, which is a, an Indiana um, division, uh, is uh, has a, a coffee blend named after them from Hoosier Warrior, which is an Irish whiskey 
coffee. Mm. Uh, and it is good. It, it, I, I have had it. I, I, it's not my favorite of the mix, but it is good. Uh, but that's not what we're drinking today. What are we yeah. drinking today? I think today is, uh, I think this is lock and loaded, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I love lock and loaded. Uh, so, for, last sip, people. Last sip. Mm. Oh, delightful. Yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah. It, yeah. Like a nice little yeah. caramel twist or something. Yeah, it's there. good. It's mm. good stuff. Good uh, stuff. If you would like some Hoosier Warrior coffee, you can search for them on Facebook, Hoosier Warrior Coffee. Um, again, we're going to make this official so I can start getting some swag. I like swag. Yeah, you uh, need some official coffee mugs from... I have one. I have one at my house. So one of these days, I'm going to show everybody my wall of mugs. I have a wall full of different mugs from around the country that I have been. That's a hint, everybody. Yes. Come Christmas time. And I'm going to shamelessly plug Energy Spot Brownsburg. Come get you a shake or an energy tea. And I want you to plug, because we do shameless plugs here. Oh, all the time. Um, yeah. So... Ah, uh, shamelessly plug what you have going on with Sovereign Design. Oh, okay. Well, so Sovereign Design is a um, is a, a concept that I came up with as I was going through this kind of healing process. And then, you know, our homes are part of our totality. So I started pushing it outwards, right? Mm-hmm. So that my, my home really kind of flows with me and, and what I want my life to feel like. So I've been helping folks um, design spaces in their home make yeah. their spaces reflect who they are yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's all, who they, I, who I they're growing that. to be oh, i like right? it yeah, yeah. i so love check that out. how can they find you uh, online well that's a great question <laughs> you know it's so weird in the social media world i'm kind of figuring out what platforms i okay. you know, like but sally kennedy's on facebook Sa- and sally kennedy um yeah, on Facebook, and I don't know if you guys have show notes. I'll give you some information. You can stick it in there. And yeah. And we have Project Home Life Community Car Wash on Facebook. <laughs> we do have show notes, by the yeah. way. Um, and so you guys can find that on your favorite podcast catcher. Uh, and the last shameless plug, uh, Community Transformation Partners, the organization that I am a part of, uh, we are always looking for um, uh, donations and participants in volunteering uh, we are, as you probably know, if you're a regular listener, an addiction recovery program uh, for the postgraduate. So those who graduate from rehab uh, and need help transitioning into a new life, uh, that's what we exist to do. And we are excited about that. Uh, if, you, if you want more information, you can visit us online, communitytransformationpartners.org. All right, that will do it for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next time. And as always, peace, love, and soul. Stay kind, guys.